Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Bill Mobshall, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YP Sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. And if you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. YorkshirePost.co.uk As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshaw. Good morning, guys. Morning. Morning. Right. Um, this week we didn't have any action in League One as Barnsley's game against Bolton Wanderers was uh, postponed due to international call-ups. We did, however, see the second international break, which we will cover more in this episode. We also saw Harrogate Town fall to a 3-1 defeat at the hands of Stockport County. Um, but first, let's talk about England, uh, who were able to come away with a victory when they welcomed Australia to Wembley. Uh, Ollie Watkins' goal in the 57th minute of the game was enough uh, for the hosts. This was then followed up by a 3-1 victory when they faced Italy, and by doing so, sealed their qualification for next year's European Championships. Um, what did you make of the performances, Stuart? And was there anything that stood out for you in particular? Um, well, the the performance in the Australia friendly wasn't great, frankly. Um, you know, they they were a little bit lucky to win, but the the international break was all about the Italy game. Nothing else really mattered. You know, friendlies are friendlies for a reason. They're there to to try things out and look at things. Competitive games are about getting the job done, and England have won home and away at Italy. Uh, against Italy, people can talk Italy down all they like. They're the European champions. England have, you know, won the group, qualified with an international break to spare. Um, it's been a, a tremendous, tremendous international break for them. And, you know, just, just another reminder of what an absolutely outstanding player they've got in, in Jude Bellingham. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's always areas you're, you're looking to improve as a team and say that's what that's what the friendly's about. But but you know, you couldn't ask for for too much better in terms of the way uh England have qualified and, and you know, generally the way they've been uh ticking over it on the on the Gareth Southgate for the last couple of years. I think um I think it's it's I say notwithstanding the fact that it wasn't a, a, a great performance against Australia, it's still been uh, just a really good week for them. Yeah, they're just, they're just, you know, just qualification. It's almost like you expect on in the journey teams of years ago. Stuart, the, mm, they it got is, yeah, pretty comfortably. And um, yeah, they just you can see with England, they just they've got the respect of the of the big table, big tables at European football now, haven't they? Really, and it, it's just all about the next step. But of course, the next step's the huge one, isn't it? And actually, yeah. actually winning something, but. Yeah, I mean, Stuart's right to say Bellingham's, you know, is a player that, you know, the rest of Europe, the top teams fear. Still a match winner in, in Kane. And yeah, I mean, you just look at what Gareth Southgate's done and 
you know, whether he, you know, he chooses to call time next summer after finals, come what may, but he's he's sort of chalked off a, a fair few milestones, hasn't he? I mean, getting the double over over Italy. I think what was the win in Italy the first time since about nineteen sixty, wasn't it? Something and so obviously yeah. was it seventy seven since they beat them mm-hmm. at home. At home, so you know he, he's done that. He's you know obviously chalked off a few accomplishments as well. I was beating Germany in, in the Euros and. Yeah, everything's everything's set fair, and and I suppose the thing now with the you know qualifying and the so the next international break, you can you know you can start to really try out a few more things, and you know make sure when he when he does pick his squad for the finals, there's some real you know intense competition and some you know, you know some really good sort of dilemmas in terms of you know who's, who actually probably gets in the squad. I would have thought you know given. Giving people like I don't know Tony will come back into it. He'll he might get a bit of a, a chance in the new year. You know the Anthony Gordon's Lewis is at, at Man City's. You know Southgate will be wanting a lot more of the younger players to knock on the door, giving problems in terms of next just in terms of his of his first first team side and his substitutes. But you know it's his squad really. Yeah. You know there could be some serious competition just to get get in that squad. And and I think as well, it's not just about the personnel. It's about just having slightly different ways of playing. I, I'm not necessarily even talking about different formations and things, but just like you know, two yeah. two right wingers who who do the job in different ways. For example, you know, Foden plays it plays it differently to to Saka. You know, fullbacks who who can do different things and all that sort of thing. And and that's the luxury of, of qualifying early. They can look at these things and say. To be fair, they they they, they tried to get a, a, a little bit funky with a few things in the Australia game. You know the way the way they used Trent Alexander Arnold more in his sort yeah. of uh, Liverpool type role and all that sort of thing. And you know, as I say, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest success on the night, but um, it didn't matter. It was a friendly. It was the right thing to do to look at these things and you know to decide whether they, whether it's worth persevering or with or worth looking at something else. But I I, I just think that's the thing about. England under Southgate. There's been there's been times in the in the really top games where they've just looked a little bit short of extra ideas when when things have been tough when they've been playing top sides, you know, like France and Croatia and things like that. But you know, I think I think Bellingham in in, in himself yeah. brings something different in terms of you know the role he's playing for England this season is more attacking than the one he played at the World Cup. Because of what he's doing with Real Madrid, that that gives you an extra dimension. You know the fact that Saka's become such a good player at cutting inside and and, and scoring goals. That gives you something extra when he could go outside as well. Um, and I do I do feel as though they're progressing on the right track. The, the acid test, as always, will be the major tournaments. You know it's it, it's all well and good qualifying well, but if you if you don't do well in the tournament, it is a waste of time. And and that will be, you know. That will be the defining thing for Southgate's legacy, if, as Leon says, um, and, and I think a lot of us expect it, it's his last tournament. But I think, I think regardless, I think you know what he's achieved so far with this team. Yes, he hasn't won anything, but the the strides forward he's taken in terms of you know reaching World Cup semi-finals and Nations League semi-finals and that sort of thing. Obviously, the European Championship final. I think it's been a really, really positive. Um, period for English yeah. football. I think we're all just desperate for them to go one step further because it feels like the talent in that squad deserves it. But that you know they've got the camaraderie, they've got the organisation, 
they've got they've got the talent. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an important sort of six months or so to just see if they can nudge it on uh, one step yeah. further. Yeah, I think I think Bellingham he, he's the you know the sort of one player we spoke about you know, teams in Europe, big teams having the respect. You know, it's the fear as well. And you, know, you look at Bellingham; he's playing in a you know for the you know arguably the biggest football club in, in the world in a in a prime position. He's, he's scoring goals. He's a, you know he's a top dollar player who's only going to only going to get better and you know he could become a you know a, a massive player in, in world football in England they've got him and they've you know they're, they're starting to harness the best of him you know, it's just incredible how, how young he still is you know when you look at him and um, he just doesn't really have a weakness does he and obviously no, got and Kane to back it up and Saka as well haven't they Stuart absolutely and it's incredible as well you know I think it was Southgate saying last night the, the ability is one thing but the, the mentality to you yeah. know rise to the occasion as well you know he, he, he grasped that qualifier by the scruff by the scruff of the net really and, and, and really a 20 year old kid should be looking and saying well yeah. Harry Kane's there and you know later on in the game Jordan Henderson's behind me and all that sort of thing I'll let them take the responsibility but no he was like no I you know I belong on this stage I should be I should be running the show, and he did. Yeah, I mean, it will be sort of thinking off the top of my head a little bit. It will be, it will be, you know, a, a tough finals. You've mm. obviously got France there. We know all about France. They've been a you know outstanding side for a, for a good while now. Spain are getting themselves into gear again, and um, you know, the Portuguese as as well. They're they're half decent. You know, there's some serious sides there, but you know, no one should be more serious than than England. We've got what they've got in the in their armory and obviously Southgate will be you know be praying for a you know in the in the running for a you know an injury free run so his so his big players all go into it in you know in the in the right um, condition. They're not too jaded and they're um, you know they're, they're right at it and as I mentioned before some other selection problems for his for his squad as well. But yeah he's another another outstanding job in terms of um, getting his safe through and um and, and qualified, and you know, let's be fair. Obviously, Italy and yeah, probably not, not to a lesser extent, Ukraine are half decent as well. And you know, the, it's been a pretty much a cakewalk, hasn't it? The, the qualification, and um, you know, even that win last night, you know, beating Italy three-one. Italy don't they don't concede, you know, go through the ages that not many times that they concede, you know, three goals in a qualifier, let alone get beaten twice. Mm. By the same team in qualifying, and that's uh, that's another serious statement. Yeah, and uh, now we turn our attention to the championship. And even though there was no action in the championship, there was news that Sheffield Wednesday have appointed 34-year-old uh, Danny Roll as their new head coach. Um, now, Danny Roll is no stranger to English football, having served under Ralph Hasenhutl at Southampton. However, this is his first managerial role. Um, with the Owls rooted at the bottom of the table, what do you think will be the first tasks uh, in his intray, Leon? Oh, well, he's, he's got a lot, hasn't he? Just I think providing a bit of hope from somewhere. Mm. You know, it's club record start to the season in for a bad way. You know, spirits are, are bound to be sagging you know, after the um, short reign tenure of of Disco. I think he's just craving a bit of coherence and something to. Something to buy into, and yeah, he made um, Roll made all the all the right noises in his press conference on, on Friday. He's he, 
you know, he's, he's only 34, but he's had, in terms of sort of his CV and being an assistant, he, he, he can't pretty much get much better, really. Look at the people he's, he's worked with, you know, Ralph Landick, um, Hassan Hootle at Southampton, actually Hansi Flick, Hansi Flick. You know, he's been in the, um, even though he's, he's young, he's been in in and around coaching for a good while. This He seems ready for this step. I think he, he spoke about it being 10 years in the waiting for this moment and we'll um you know the proof will be in the in the pudding it'll be interesting to see how he, he sets about and and um sort of does things he's you know he's he, he was speaking about he's got his sort of coaching principles but he's sort of not necessarily welded to the system in a formation so you know he'll be wor- working it out um this week if he bring one or two players in out the cold such as marvin johnson so you know his first uh, first selection and team sheet at Watford will um, will also be um, interesting. And yeah, you sort of look at his game and he's got three out of four away from home. And I think sometimes as a new manager that might not necessarily be uh, you know too bad a thing. He can you know the away games get picky. It's a couple of launches, get find out a bit about the players, get them gelling a little bit, and um, you know if they can just. Somehow dig out a win from somewhere, whether it's at, at Watford or at, uh, at Plymouth on Wednesday, just to give them that transfusion of hope and you know aid in that sort of um, that growth under under Roland and togetherness, and so the, the players can buy into something. It's just massive to need that. And I think it's important as well that he makes everyone feel involved. You know, a bit um, critical of Chisco yeah. Munoz about the fact that he, or certainly I was, that he didn't. Um, Make full use of you know some of the key players from last season. Yeah. Neil Thompson as caretaker <laughs> manager came in and pretty much only used the players from last season, which was was the right thing to do for a one-off game. But you know going forward, he's got to make uh, both of those groups, you know, the new the new additions and the old heads, both feel involved. Can't afford for it to be you know two two cliques sort of thing. Everyone's got to feel they they have a chance. Which to be fair. Is normally the case when a new manager comes in. They're normally sensible enough not to not to close the door on anyone who's who's not been involved before. But uh, yeah, they really need to need to get a blend of that, you know, experience and that 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 new vitality to to get a good uh, a good blend. And you know, I think I think his backroom appointments will be. Uh, would be important as well. I was encouraged. Leon was there, and I was uh, at his first press conference. I was encouraged when Leon said um, he's looking to bring in a, a, an English coach with experience of common sense. common sense, exactly. And likewise, I think you know the one appointment he's made so far, Sasha Lenza, who's got some, some again like role, got some experience of English football, but also. Um, knows a fair bit by all accounts about psychology. I think that's important. Um, you know, we all saw what psychology did for them in turning around the uh, yeah the the playoff semi final against Peterborough. And you know, when you when you're at a big club, when you're at the bottom of the league, you know what's between the ears is really important. Which is you know part of the reason I was a bit um, uncomfortable with him writing off so many of the of the players who'd. Sort of showing the metal in that respect, you know that is. But um, yeah, I think as always, it just it starts with a it starts with optimism, and you know you can have your reservations about this or that. Um, but ultimately, 
the proof's in the pudding, uh, as Leon says. If they if they get a good result in either of those first two away games, it will just bring a bit of optimism and have. I, I mean, I would, I would exactly, and and Hillsborough needs to be feeling positive about that game. You know, I think that I think that's the most important thing. Rotherham have bloody their noses a few times the last. Uh, the last couple of meetings, so it certainly isn't going to be uh, straightforward. But it, it'll be it'll be near impossible if the atmosphere is as it was for the Sunderland game. If there's a bit of bit of positivity, you know, a bit of encouragement as there was for the Huddersfield game when when Neil Thompson was in charge, then there's a much better chance of that being a you know a really good contest. I think there's tools for him to, him to work with. Obviously, it's you know the stats yeah. are very poor. Obviously, three three points in. 11 but you know they've still got a good strong core of of senior players and and Roll spoke about as much as he was speaking about you know his, his approach to football his, his philosophy you know he was referencing mentality and personality he spoke about the Peterborough game and you know you sort of look at Wednesday from the you know even the second half of last season when he went on that bad run a lot of questions a lot of pressure and um and uh, you know the players had to stand up and show the metal, and the senior players did. And obviously, there's a fair few of them will be hurting at the minute. Some will be hurting at being, you know, out the phrase, you know, as Stuart said, with Cisco not not sort of playing certain players, and you know, there's just the professional pride hurting it in terms of if it being a desperate start to the to the season. But yeah, you, know, you look at what they've got, you know, the um, you know the Bannons, the Byers, there's you know Liam Palmer, Michael Smith. Um, Josh Windows is the league, league. Yeah, a few of us too. It looks like there's, you know, there's a core and a spine that you can mould into something. And maybe it's the case, you know, on, on the on the outside, just fitting some of the other players in. But yeah, I don't, I don't see it as, as being all this all this loss for Wednesday at, at the moment. By by no means, even though it's it's obviously been a wretched start to the season. You know, there's still. So just about enough time to get their act together and mould themselves into shape. But I, I just think this next sort of block of games, they're going to need this. You know, they'll need to give themselves a little bit of a transfusion of hope going into the next break, and then going into the. Um, you know, it's pretty much a clear run after that, isn't it? Through the winter and um, spring until the end of the season. So, you know, they won't be making targets publicly, but you know, I just think the, that Rotherham game looks huge, doesn't it? But. They um they really do need to get um something tangible, you know, in this next block of games um, before the November break. Mm. And you know, Leon's outlined the sort of um, the players from last season there when he talks about the talent. I think I think there's some there's some talent in the players they've brought in, but they've just not yeah. been brought into yeah. a good environment to show it, have they? And you know, I say it's too, it's too early to say he's going to be a great player and he's going to struggle. But I think some of them that have struggled so far, maybe if they had a, a you know a bit more experience around them, if they were in a team that was playing a bit better, you know, if 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 I say they were playing in front of a crowd that had more cause for optimism, you know, we might see a bit more from people like Nassar, yeah. who we've seen glimpses from so far. You know, we might see a bit more from Paul Valentin. You know, Dijon Bernard had his minutes at his moments. Vasquez has certainly made some mistakes, but he's 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 done some good things as well. So yeah, hopefully, I say there'll be the foundation that that those thirteen new signings, you know, don't all turn off turn out to be the write offs that you might sort of jump to that conclusion about after the first couple of months. Yeah, I think just, in, just quickly on the first two games, I mean, the player Watford side who 
you know, Watford have struggled a little bit, haven't they? I saw yeah. them at Leeds and long back and they were, they were really poor, you know, disappointing. I was quite surprised. You know, they'll be under a little bit of pressure as well, you know, they'll, their fans will be looking to play in Sheffield Wednesday expecting to win, so, you know, it'll be a pressure shared in that respect. And to a, you know, to a lesser extent, even Plymouth, they, you know, they had a good start to the season, but they've sort of tailed off a little bit and I suppose that the reality of um, championship life has sort of crept in a little bit. So if they don't get a good result on, on Saturday, you know there'll be pressure from their supporters to beat Wednesday as well, and that might might work for the for the visitors. But we'll you know we'll just have to wait and see. And um, fingers crossed that that Wednesday can get um, get the season rolling. Yeah, and you know we talk we talk about you know the home crowds and whether it's better to be home and away and all this sort of thing. Mm. But mm. Uh, I don't know the numbers of the tickets they've sold. But frankly, Sheffield Wednesday could play on the moon and they'd, they'd have a yeah. they'd have a bigger way yeah. following. You know, so so I say if the Watford crowd is a bit nervous, you will hear a lot from the away end. And you know, yeah. likewise at Plymouth, I say despite the distances involved and despite the fact it's a midweek night, I'm I'm absolutely sure that they'll they'll have a good good following there and, and then hopefully that'll create the right sort of you know us against the world's backs to yeah. the wall atmosphere that's it's where they can needed. they can pull something out it is yeah and yeah. well, I think they've sold out for Watford as well so like like yeah. Stuart you know there'll be a good you know you'd imagine there'll be some you know 11, 1200 something like that a, a decent following down in Devon so uh, yeah it could be a could be a coming together moment you hope and uh, now we turn our attention to League Two and Bradford City, who claimed a 1-0 victory over Wimbledon thanks to Emmanuel Osadebi's goal uh, with just under half an hour of the game to go. Um, this is the Bantam's second victory under caretaker player-manager Kevin MacDonald uh, and has seen them climb to 11th in the table and just three points shy of the playoff spots. Um, now, what were your thoughts on the performance uh, from the team and have you got any news on their search for a new permanent manager, Stuart? Well, I mean, my immediate thought is um, is Kevin McDonald had better be pretty careful because you know he was talking a week or so ago about uh, about not really wanting to to go into management uh, just yet because he's not finished with playing. Well, if he carries on like this, mm. he might find he has, he has to. I mean, you you talk about two wins, you know that's that's not counting the football league trophy, which we all ignore when it doesn't suit us and count when it does. If you took that in, it's it's three wins. Three wins out of three in a week, and it wasn't an amazing performance at Wimbledon. I, you know, I was down there, and they sort of had to hang in during the first half. Needed a, needed a couple of good Harry Lewis saves, and then uh, a substitution. McDonald made bringing on Osadebi. He scored within four minutes, I think it was, and just gave them gave Bradford a bit more pep uh, um, going forward. And, I say the, these are all good signs, you know, to to win a game like that where you are up against it in the first half. You struggle to do that when you when you've got a manager like, you know, Mark Hughes towards the end, Chisco towards the end at Sheffield Wednesday, where there's the faith in the manager is a bit weak, sort of thing. If you've got if you've got a manager that you believe in, uh, it does a lot for the lot for the spirit of the group, and it's it's clear that the Bradford City players are really playing for Kevin MacDonald. You know, they they all talk about how much they enjoy playing for them. And you might say, well, of course they would, and they would. But you do get the sense that it's it's genuine and they really do enjoy working with him. You know, it's, there's a novelty value. It can always wear off. But for now, certainly, they, they seem to be really enjoying working for him, really enjoying having some different ideas, 
Um, he speaks very well. He just he does come across as as a future manager. I say the, the question for him and for Bradford is how far in the future. But I, th- I think in terms of in terms of their managerial search, I think it's just taken the pressure off a bit. I think uh, not only does it sort of give them an excuse to take their time, I think they'll actually you know, really want to take their time over this whilst, whilst McDonald's continuing to perform like that so that they can assess really whether they've already got the right man in place. Um, I say it would be a difficult one for him because you always find with player managers, or almost always anyway, that they underplay themselves. And McDonald is still, you know, is, is a really good player at League Two level, you know, a really good midfielder. So it's a bit of a waste that in both those league games he's not been involved in in the match day squad. But then the other side of it is it is so hard to be a player and a manager for any any sustained period of time. So that I think there'll be some I think there'll be some difficult choices ahead. But at the moment, um kicking the can down the road is probably actually the best thing for that football club. And I think it's just a case of We'll see where the next few weeks take us, really. Yeah, I think it's a case of it. If it ain't broke, um, don't fix it. There's, there's clearly been um, a, a bit of a bounce. The players have, have bought into what Donald, McDonald's um, um, said. I mean, in terms of his approach on the, you know, the training ground and the day-to-day environment, you know, things have been results um, have shown that things are things have been lifted and they're, and they're buying into what is. What he's sort of uh, preaching there, it's, it's you know, it's, it's it's great to see. And um, the interesting one is they've got a huge game against against Wrexham on on Saturday for for different reasons. Obviously, they're the the bit the talk of the division. What respects Wrexham was the Phil Parkinson factor coming back. They're also a, a pretty good side there. They're in the in the playoffs there. You know, if City can can get a another positive result there. Then I think they've just you know, got a, a bit of a key week. They've got two long trips. Got a midweek trip to uh, Milton Keynes, and then I think they go to London on on Saturday to Sutton. If they can negotiate that and get you know say four four points, you know I think this all this could be a, te- a, a, a you know a telling part of the season, and maybe for for McDonald as well. You know he's had the the euphoria of the you know the wins against uh, Swindon, another good win at uh, Wimbledon. You now this is a this is a good sort of test for him really isn't it you know, there's been a a bit of expectation generated and um, you know these these two games will, will be difficult but if they can you know, get some results from from these then you know, the, the, the season has has really turned around hasn't it and um, yeah I think at the minute they don't have to particularly do uh, anything the Bradford um, hierarchy, the, the sense of it just to sort of keeping the distance. He's doing a doing a good job in in the interim. It will remain to be seen what happens a bit further down the line. But it's you know if you if you can get some good um, results in the next couple of weeks, he's, he's given himself you know you you would think um, a half decent chance to have a shot at it permanently. Absolutely. I mean, one of the thing, one of the few things I think he did get Robert Wimbledon. He was asked after the match. He said, "Do you, do you think if this carries on?" Uh, you'll find yourself under pressure to take the job. And he said, and you know, no, no, of course, of course I won't. No, no, not at all. Well, I think he's wrong on that one. I think if they beat Rex, no. there will be pressure um, from, from outside for, for him to take the job. But I, I think, in all honesty, it's pressure that Bradford should resist because, as, yeah. as Leon yeah. says, it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
just you know if they if they beat Wrexham, just just carry on in the same vein. And you know if if he ends up being caretaker manager for six weeks, eight weeks till, till yeah. Christmas or yeah. whatever, and these results keep coming, then it's in everyone's best interest, I think, not not to change things. He's not. I genuinely get the impression that that behind the scenes he's not banging on the door saying, I, you know, I really want this job. You know, can we, can we get my future sorted out sort of thing? So I think it suits him as well to just get a bit more of a feel for what would be involved, you know, for whether whether he really does want to take the plunge now or whether he'd rather go back to being a player. And there's, as Leon said, he's absolutely right. There's just no need to change anything right now. As long as, as, long as these results and this mood carry on, then, then that will be the case. And if it, if it does change, or you know, if McDonald does come to the conclusion that, that look, this is just too much work for me, uh, or whatever it is, then they've got a long short, a, a long list of candidates who've applied for the job. Uh, I'm sure they, I'm sure they're sounding them out now, but they can sort of uh, intensify that a bit more and uh, and hopefully narrow it down to the right man. But I say it might be that the right man is already there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he carries on in this this vein, you know, things will take care of themselves down the line. But yeah, I think Stuart's right to say that. I remember a few years ago when um, Paul Aguirre-Bottom replaced um, Lee Johnson, it was a little bit well, it was further on in, in the season. But you know, Aguirre-Bottom was a, he was a caretaker. If memory serves the best, best of, um, I think it was like three or four months really. His situation got resolved in the end, and. Um, you know, it was the case, the case of what I said there. It was a case, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Barsley were on a decent moment. They just carried it through. And, um, you know, potentially that's what Bradford will be looking at as well. If if um, McDonald continues to to get results, the players buy into him and, you know, the working environment's good. And, you know, the, the comments from the players that, that I've read so far, you know, it's all genuine enthusiasm for what he's, what he's brought to the role and how he's lifted the spirits and how he's sort of changed things a, a little bit to get the best out of the players. I mean, it was, you know, by common consent, there was, obviously, Mark Hughes, it was a, a real possession-orientated game and, um, you know, keeping hold of the ball and you know, tweaked it a little bit, Bradford, a bit more front foot, front, a little bit more dynamic and threatening and, you know, by all accounts, the players are, um, uh, 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 you know, glad to see that sort of change of approach and buying into it. So, um, yeah, we'll, but we'll, no need to look too far ahead and, you know, wreck some on, on Saturday and um, see what that brings. Yeah, and, you know, you only look, need to look to Bradford's fairly recent history and uh, without having the numbers in front of me, I, I, I think I'm right in saying that Mark Truman and Connor Sellers were caretaker managers longer than they were permanent managers, yeah. so to speak. You know, they they, they were. They, it felt like the club was almost pushed into that decision by by how well the, the, the caretakers had done. And you know, maybe on reflection, they should have they should have held the nerve and taken a bit bit longer with that. But it's you know, it's nice to have these dilemmas. Let's put it that way. You know, you, you talk about it being a difficult decision for the club or for McDonald or whatever. It's a lot nicer a difficult decision than whether to sack Mark Hughes or to you know uh, get, get rid of people. Um, it's it's looking it's looking positive for Bradford City at the moment, and it's just nice to see it's just nice to see so many so many smiles on faces there. 
And uh, finally for this week, we finished with Doncaster Rovers, who claimed an impressive and valuable 4-1 victory over Sutton United. This victory was Donny's fourth straight league victory at home, and this now means that they are currently 19th uh, with uh, with 14 points. Um, What was your assessment of the game? And with a trip to Tranmere Rovers coming up next, I was wondering how Doncaster Rovers could use this going into that game, Leon. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was a terrific afternoon um, for Doncaster. Fourteen players out injured. You know, it, it sort of beforehand, you sort of thought, obviously, looking where Sutton were in, in the table as well, a little bit below Doncaster in the relegation positions. You know, psychologically, you sort of thought, with well, Doncaster do, um, you know, lose this one, yeah, a lot of the, um, you know, the, the, the sort of green shoots of recovery, it'll, it'll be sort of back to... Back to square one. I thought it'd be an afternoon, <clears throat> excuse me, where they might have to sort of dig deep and roll up the sleeves. But you know, in in the event, especially in the second half, they were um, they were outstanding and you know looked a real proper team. Even accounting for the fact they've got so many players um, injured. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there was good, good performances across the pitch. The front two looked um, a very good and a handy partnership. We know about Joe inside. When he when he got brought in in the summer, it looked, even though he's actually just turned thirty this week, uh, it looked, uh, you know, age didn't come into it. He's a good operator at you know, lower division level. He's proved that, you know, at the likes of Cambridge, he's, you know, he he leads the line well. He got two goals on on um, Saturday and showed what he brings to the party. Mo Farl, I thought he was the man of the match next to him, a young lad who who's starting out his first loan spell in. Um, in, in, in the English Football League from West Brom. You know, he's quick, he's strong. He didn't give um, Sutton's defenders a moment's peace in, in the game. Ran himself into the, into the ground, scored a goal, got a penalty. He looked good, but, you know, sort of across the pitch, really. You know, midfield, close, and um, and, and, and Tommy Rowe, I thought Oliver at the back was, was um, good. And, yeah, it was a handsome victory in the end, and you just felt everybody at the club had been sort of waiting for that, that, you know, by sort of common consent, the performances have been sort of getting better, even, you know, earlier at the start of the season, I think they, they were unlucky to lose at Wrexham and, um, and MK Dons. They just weren't getting, you know, the, the performances weren't being matched by results, but, you know, they've won a few on the trot at home now. I think they won four out of six and you sort of sense that things were on the turn and but they needed that sort of, the supporters perhaps more than anything needed to witness a bit of a statement, which is what they what they saw on on Saturday, and you know hopefully the the, the treatment room will start to clear. I don't think it's going to be um, um, particularly quick, but I think it will be. You know, gradually they'll hopefully get you know one, one or two players back. Harrison Biggins he came back from the bench on 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 Saturday, and um, you know they can sort of harness. The form that they're showing at the moment, getting one or two players back, they can really start to um, to sort of you know, look upwards. I mean, they've got obviously Tranmere next, and then they've got I think they've got three out of four after that at home. You know, if if they can sort of string a few more home results together, then you know they'll be onto something there, and you know, and, and the uh, the eco power will be a place that opposing teams will start to head to it with a bit of. Um, trepidation, but uh, yeah, he's starting to, you know, after a, a, a pretty tough opening quarter of the season, in, uh, you know, I, I, 
a little bit more positive about um, about Doncaster, and yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see. With Grant McCann spoke about in the past, his teams have sort of flown out of the block blocks, and this is more of a slow burner. And sees his, his team coming good in the second half of the of the season. And um, yeah, I mean, I think at the time being, I don't, I don't think Rovers should look too far ahead of themselves. You know, there's been a bit of a bit of damage in the first part of the season. It's sort of remedying that and sort of steadying the ship and hopefully getting a few players back, getting some consistent form to, to hopefully set them up for, um, to get them up in a, into a decent disposition for the second half of the season. And I think it just shows, you know, we were, we were just talking before before we recorded, you know, before they got that first win of the season against Forest Green in mid-September, it was all, it was all doom and gloom, but you know the the way the way the football league is with with the playoff uh, system. You can you can really panic too early, can't you? You know, I mean, we've seen quite a quite a few football league managers sacked by now, but um, there's there's a there's a lot you can there's a lot you can still do after a, after a slow start if you just hold your nerve. And you know, we talked about we talked about psychology with regards to. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, for for example, I think I think Doncaster's has been spot on. You know, they've, they've not panicked in that in that initial start to the season, and I think most importantly, Leon's already mentioned. You know, they had they had fourteen players missing at, at the weekend. That is a huge number for a League Two squad. They've not felt sorry for themselves. They've not used it as an excuse. They've just got on with the job, and I think that's I think that's really admirable. And as Leon says. You know, given how good they've been at, at home in particular, and given given this this run of of home matches they've got, I mean, you know, you chuck in um, FA Cup and 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 EFL Trophy games, and they've got uh, they've got four on the trot now, and, and uh, five out five out of six at, at home. There really is the opportunity. Uh, sorry, four on the trot after they've got Chamber out the way. There really is the opportunity to. To, to build some momentum and get other teams worrying because you know I think before the season has started I think a lot of us were looking at Doncaster thinking they'll be contenders and I think probably too many um, and you know possibly possibly I fitted into this category as well I'd sort of written them off a bit you know uh, before they before they got that first win in terms of in terms of being promotion contenders but it really doesn't take that much. To, to turn your season around. I mean, you know, look at look at Middlesbrough last season, for example, with the head start. They gave everyone in the championship and was were pushing for automatic promotion, you know, in, in, in sort of uh, March time. Um it's uh, it's really it's really pleasing and, and not surprising from Grant McCann, but pleasing the way he sort of um, infused that into the squad that they've just got on with the job and not not sought the, the very obvious excuses that were there for them. Yeah, he's not panicked either, has he, really? No. Obviously, they um, had some tough results early season, but, you know, we're seeing signs in the performances that things all, all turn, and, you know, recent evidence has, has shown that, and it, it sort of whets the appetite as well that when Rovers do get, you know, some of the, um, some of the players back into into the mix, you know, that there could be a, you know, a real force in the reckoning. You know, you've got people, you know, like the George Millers of, the, of this world and, and Kyle Hurst, and um, yeah, there'll be a, a fair bit in the in the armory, and they've gone through that early season, you know, adversity, obviously a, a character test, especially for those players who, you know, who've been there for a, for a while and 
obviously were part of it at the end of last season, which was, you know, it was pretty grim, wasn't it, really? And uh, they've had to uh, to show the metal and, and, and go again. And, um, you know, fair play to uh, to McCann and the players that were there. You know, they've, um, they've dug, e- dug sort of deep and they've, they've, they've closed ranks to some degree and um, they're getting some rewards now. Can I just say before we finish, Mark, as well, um, I think we should pay congratulations to Whitby Town for getting in the FA Cup first round proper for the first yep. time in, in 20 years and Scarborough Athletic have made it for the first time in their short history as, as a Phoenix club. Um, really good to see those two non-league sides of ours doing well. York City won their, their replay as well. So uh, there's not been there's not been that much positive uh, news from our teams this season, but it, it was a it was a really good uh, good Tuesday night to see the uh, see the results of those replays and see all those all those teams involved in in the best cup competition there is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and very good luck to to all of them, and uh, hopefully they'll have a a decent run in uh, in the competition. YorkshirePost.co.uk Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobshall, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As ever, many thanks for listening. Look after yourselves and bye for now.